Hello and welcome to Cool Games, a podcast for the Legend of Five Rings community, funded by the Legend of Five Rings Discord Patreon. This podcast will focus on the role-playing game stories and lore for Legends of the Five Rings. I'm Kova. I'm Kikita Kaori, and today we are going to talk about Senkyo, the realms of Chikshido and Sakaku. But we have some news first. Yes, there is new Legend of Five Rings products coming out. There's a new board game on its way, which is made by Office Dog. It's called River of Gold, and it's designed by Keith Piggott. And it's a Euro-style game where players build locations, deliver goods, and build influence along the River of Gold, which is the main connected river that crosses the heart of Rokugan. So we will link to the press release in the show notes. And this is coming from Office Dog, who are Asmodee's latest game studio. So that's going to be released in 2024, at least that is the current schedule. So this is the second board game that I know of associated with Legend of the Five Rings. There was an older one that was more a territorial conquest game. So this Mm. is the first era style game. So sounds very interesting. Yeah, yeah. Guess we'll see how that goes. Also, we have new adventures in Rokugan Arata. So if you have recently or recently downloaded your copy of the PDF from the website, it might already be in there. So that would be great. Mm-hmm. However, the original copy did have some significant issues or missing pieces that we noted when we discussed adventures in Rokugan. So this fixes some of those, some of the notable changes adds focus Mm. points, just like the Bushi class does, to the Duelist class, which is pretty important. It reduces the total of flourishes, so that fixes flourishes plus selected flourishes equals total flourishes known, rather than fixed flourishes being in addition. That's a fix to the courtier class. This reduces the power of courtiers a little bit. Oh no, how sad. Just a little bit. They gave a new courtier's table, but the change was essentially a small net decrease in your total number of just being the techniques or okada or whatever that courtiers have. The the shuji equivalent, I take Yes, the shuji, yeah. However, it does add channeling, which is a very important missing piece for ritualists. We guessed that channeling would be some way to regain favor, which is what you spend to do your rituals because there weren't a lot of ways to regain favor. In the end, channeling ended up being very simple, which is allowing ritualists to regain favor during a short rest. You don't have to do anything for it. That's neat. And another change is that lacquered armor allows you to keep your proficiency bonus. Yes, and that's a big deal. Yeah. Because heavy armors tend to slow you down and you don't get your proficiency bonuses, but lacquer no longer does that. Does. Yeah. Yeah. There is a bunch more. So you'll have to check it out for yourself, but we'll have the link in our show notes. So mm. there you go. So that's all we have for news today. Unfortunately, I know it's been a long time since our last episode, but uh, it's been a big drought for all L5 news for a long time now. So it makes it harder to. Find new stuff to talk about. Yes. Yeah. That is one of the things, but we still do our best. 
But we are going to talk today about Senkyo. So Senkyo and Yumido are considered the beside realms. So you've got the higher realms of goodness and light, the celestial realms, and you have the lower realms of Jikoku and evil and darkness. But Senkyo and Yumido are beside Ningendo, peers to it, neither higher or lower in the celestial order or anything like that. And uh, easier to travel to in some way. Mm. And certainly easier to get back from. Yes, hopefully. We'll talk about that. Yes. So if Yumido is the realm of dreams, which is essentially what might be, these are the people dream about what could be, what might not be, what they want to be, that sort of thing. Senkyo could be considered, there's the enchanted land that is beside what is and may even be what things truly are. So the world that exists beyond the touch and the power of humanity. So this is what nature really is. And this is what animals really are like and things like that. So that's what Sankyo overall is. Sankyo is divided into multiple courts and courts can be thought of as collectives of spirits. Geography gets iffy in hmm. Sankyo. So you can think of these courts as being associated with the spirits that are within them, the characters in them, not restricted to a certain geographic location. These spirits can be yokai or animal, but they are united in, more or less united, in purpose and philosophy. Mm. Okay? The two greatest of these courts, the two greatest of these uniting philosophies are called the realm of Sakaku, Mm. And the realm of Chikshido. Yeah. Oh, they're not like whole separate realms the way that Yumido is separate, but they are in philosophy terms. Sakaku, mm -hmm. or the realm of mischief, those are the courts of spirits that find humans to be intruders and defilers, and human civilization is oppressive of the natural order. They are happy with what they are and don't want to be anything else, and they do not want to be messed with by humans or anything else. In fact, they want to prove their philosophy that you should be content with what you are. The opposing realm is Chikushodo, or the realm of animals, and the members of the court of Chikushodo believe that the stage of being an animal or an animal spirit is a step along the path to enlightenment. And that humans are a future step along that path. So achieving reincarnation as a human and then hopefully future enlightenment and stepping beyond the wheel of reincarnation is the goal. And therefore serving that end for yourself and for others is the purpose and goal of existence. So they're kind of opposites. Yeah, there's certainly their attitudes towards humans and what they should be doing as spirits is certainly very different from one another, yeah. Now, Senkyo has roots in Japanese folklore. It can be translated into, like, fairyland or that sort of thing. And there are stories that are very similar, kind of similar to Western ones, but there are many stories of the realm of fox spirits, raccoon spirits, otter spirits, things like that. Haunted woods and so on in Japanese folklore. A sample folklore story that, that you might run into. There's just so many of these. A man might be traveling through the woods and he meets a beautiful woman. 
and she invites him to her house and he follows her. He sleeps with her. He meets her family. He settles down with her and has children with her at her palatial estate in the forest. And then one day he goes to sleep with her and he wakes up under his own house where he lived before he ever went into the forest that day. Mm. And while he was gone, he finds instead of the years passing, he thought, or no time at all, six months have passed. And when people look beneath the house where he came from, they find a fox and her kits that yeah. race out from the shadows. So he had a whole illusionary life under his house. Yep. So that is a very typical kind of a realm of Senkyo. He went to Senkyo and he came back to yeah. his house. There's a very common story called Urashimo Taro, which is the name of the protagonist. He's a fisherman and he rescues a small turtle and she turns out to be a, a magical princess from the dragon palace and he goes to the dragon palace and spends a few days. It's all very lovely. And then he comes back to his home village and discovers that he's been gone for at least a hundred years. He has been given a gift of a jeweled box, but he's told, do not open the box. And when he discovers that it's been a hundred years since he's last in his village and everyone he knows is dead and all that kind of stuff, he opens the box, which all fairy tale protagonists do, even though they shouldn't. And it turns out <laughs> the box contains his old age. And so he immediately either dies of old age or turns into a crane, depending on which version you hear. That's another <laughs> similar thing where he's mm -hmm. gone, gone into some magical realm, spent some time there and he's come back. The amount of right. time he spent is nothing like the time he spent when he comes back. That's so there are one. lots of stories like that. Yeah. It's, that's a, that is a classic one. That's been literally around since the eighth century. So those stories are mostly benevolent, but there are stories where the targets of the stories for ill fortune is generally seem to be uh, petty bureaucrats who are yeah. too full of themselves or monks that pretend to be holy but are not as holy as portrayed. They're good targets. And they get pulled into these situations as what in Rokugan would be denizens of Sekaku would mm. try to get their revenge or play out on these people who are hypocrites, mostly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> The stories that have more of a Chikushodo influence, they tend to be more about young people going out to see the world who encounter some kind of wise animal or wise animals. And often they assist the animal because they're such a lovely person. And then the animal turns out to be a more powerful spirit and they will offer them aid for their journey and that okay. sort of thing. In English literature, that kind of story would be like, the Tinderbox or the White Snake fairy tale, Han Christian mm. Anderson. In Japan, the Peach Pit Boy is very classic, almost exactly the same story as like White Snake. For the other kind, where someone who breaks the rules or is a hypocrite Poppins. goes to sleep in a fairy land or wakes up a hundred years later, and which might be a bit more Sakaku, but same kind of story, this going to sleep or disappearing for a hundred years coming up later would be mm. stories like Rip Van Winkle or stories of the she in Irish folklore, where mm -hmm. the story of Hamlin are all stories where somebody disappears for a long time and needs to be rescued or just wakes up from this foreign land. So yeah. you can't 
read the Japanese folklore, or you can call back to your English folklore and translate those into Japanese, and they'll go just fine. Yeah, yeah. So, what is Senkyo like? The geography can be completely varied, because it's anywhere that, that would exist in the natural world, but it should all be described as beautiful, pristine wilderness. So, the deepest of forests, the highest of mountains, the darkest of caves, no sign, or at least very little sign, of human occupation. There's no sign mm-hmm. of any people being there. It's all just p- pristine and natural. Right. Now, you do want to make it seem, if you're having your characters visit Senkyo, for mm-hmm. reasons, and we will talk about good reasons, you do want to up the fantasy element. This is a not-human place. This is outside the regular world. So you want to make it extra special. So yeah. some things you could do to increase the fantasy element and make it special is to, for example, have the bird song in these woods or wilderness mm-hmm. be understandable as actual words calling out to the characters that they can mm. understand, but it's telling them things or just a repeated phrase that can be your hint that you are in Senkyo. You could also show creatures that are walking around there, being creatures, not interacting with people sometimes, Mm. but they're far larger and far more majestic than regular creatures. At this point, the humans are not worth their while, so they just walk by and ignore the humans because they are in charge of their self. Yeah, you could make everything a little bit brighter, maybe a little askew, the colors more saturated, everything's more technicolor (laughs) than reality. This one is a very good idea for other parts of your story. You can make it easier to travel there in what seems like very far distances more quickly. Having that travel time be different in that realm does some interesting things to tighten up your stories, for example. And it can have a lot of things like places or creatures that are hard to see if you're looking straight at them, but it's much easier to see them out of the corner of your eye. Which can be really creepy. So if you want to go to an eerie on top of a mountain, you can see Mm. the mountain, all right? And you need to get up there because you need to talk to the person in charge. They live up there, all right? But you could have it so that every time they take a step, it's even further away, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if they look at the mountain in a mirror and take a step towards the mountain in a mirror, Yep. It will take them right up close to the mountain very quickly because you can't get there if you're looking at it straight. Yep. Things like that. Very neat tricks for navigating around Senkyo that you can choose to include to make it a little bit challenging for your players. Yeah, so some really basic things can be surprisingly difficult and need a bit of lateral thinking to get done. <laughs> that can be a lot of fun. But. Having Senkyo in your campaign is only really good as a destination if your party can actually get there and have a reason to go. So we've got some suggestions for why your characters might be dragged into Senkyo. Yeah. So an obvious one is that in the course of an adventure, a powerful spiritual being transports them there for a reason. So there could be something that they think that the player characters can help them with, and they're the only ones that can, so they grab them and send them over. It could be a trick or a punishment or a test for that matter. If they do something that the spiritual being disagrees with, or if the spiritual being is testing them, 
for some reason. Mm-hmm. And actually, it could be more or less like a reflex. If they get extremely threatened by something, everything near them suddenly gets up into Senkyo. And either the party were the ones who were doing the threatening, or they just happened to be in the wrong place. And suddenly, they're in the midst of the weird fairy tale land. And then mm-hmm. their troubles really begin. They just happen to be there and... The powerful being goes home and drags everyone with it. They can mm. choose, one way or another, to intentionally travel to Sankyo, maybe to retrieve an item that is there or to fight an enemy there. There's a couple of ways that they could try to choose to go to Sankyo. High-level Kitsu spirit callers can traverse the realms and could find some way to get them there. So that's mm-hmm. one way. Yeah. Unique kinds of Shiginja, whether you make someone with a unique talent or possibly you could argue an Ishikan can do it, or a group of Shiginja working together yeah. could potentially convey them there with a ritual. So if you went to the temple of the Asahina and you convinced the Asahina daimyo to get a group of his Shiginja together to do this, I'm sure somehow in a whole temple of Shiginja, yeah. They figure something out, right? Yeah. If you want them to. Alternatively, you could appeal to a being of Sankyo and call on them and plead with them to bring the party over. The being most linked to Sankyo, I think, would be Inari, the fortune of mm. race. She has a lot of associated with Kitsune and Kitsune mm. have a lot of association with Senkyo. You could appeal to Anari or you could appeal to some being related to Senkyo, maybe a high level Tengu or something like that to yep. bring them over. And there are also just places where you can more or less walk into Senkyo. <laughs> Disappearing villages, if the players hear about a village where some of their people are just vanishing. It is possible that this turns out that there is a natural Tory arch of trees, or there's an old Naga ruin, or there's just a particular path in the forest. And if you go down that path, you find yourself in Senkyo. These all sound like things that would be more common in the Shinomen Mori, possibly the Asawa Mori. So, you know, good places for those. You could have things like light down the bottom of a pond. You see those at night and think, oh, we want to go investigate that. You dive in. But when you get back up to the surface, you discover that you're in Senkyo. It might not be what you intended. (laughs) And it is possible that if you are following a strange animal, if you are trailing a particularly large deer or spirit or anything like that, you may discover that when you enter their lair, that their lair is indeed Senkyo, and uh, you might not be able to get back out the same way you came in. So there are certainly risks in Senkyo. Just getting into Senkyo in itself can be a perfectly good adventure for a party, because once you're in, the trick is getting out. For example, if you went through a pond, you dive back in the pond, you come out and you're still in Senkyo, how do you get out? You may need to negotiate with the denizens of Senkyo in order to be led to a way out. And the denizens of Senkyo may be varying degrees of friendly to you. You may have to go through missions for them or to find a magic thing or find a certain location or fight an enemy or something to get out. And it doesn't have to be a combat challenge. It could be 
any kind of challenge. And when you do get out, then even that is potentially very challenging because you may come out the moment you went in, no time Mm. or distance has, has passed, or you may come out in a very different space or time. For example, let's say you have a campaign. It's been running for a while. It was set long before the Scorpion Clan coup, but you decide that now your players have got some experience under the belt. You want to dive into doing Scorpion Clan coup or Clan Wars or whatever. You're going to have them go to Senkyo and come out, and suddenly it's two years later, and Clan Wars is about to start. You can play with your timelines yeah. free using this trick of sending them to Senkyo for a short adventure. Same place. You're in one area of the land, and you've been doing all your adventures then, and you are sick of, play- of playing in Nishu province or wherever it is that you are. Yeah. And now you want to end up in the Dragon Mountains. You can go into Senkyo in one place and come out of Senkyo in the Dragon Mountains and ready for other kinds of adventures. Now, yeah. the fallout you might have dealing with your bosses and explaining how you got there is a different challenge. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. And uh, well, the people start thinking, ah, this is an excellent way of getting fast travel. If there's one thing Senkyo is not, it's reliable. So <laughs> a trail that takes you from Naishu province to the Dragon Mountains one day could end up taking you to the bottom of the ocean another day, which might not be what you want. Now, the big hazards with Chikushodo and Sakaku, apart from the denizens, is that each of the realms of Legend of the Five Rings has this concept of jealousy. Each realm influences the mortals who come into contact with them for any length of time. Goku increases evil behaviors. Toshigoku increases rage and bloodlust. Chikishodo and Sakaku are the realm of animals. And a group of humans spends a long time there. They may start to pick up animal-like tendencies or the animal nature of the realm. And that is something that can have all sorts of effects depending on how long they stay. And how good their roles are, whether they can resist it or not. So if you want to play with this challenge, you could have each of your players pick an animal. You can even do this at the start of the campaign to keep in your back pocket in case you do this. Each of your players pick an animal that best fits their character. And when they travel to Sekaku, you can slowly increase the urges that their characters might feel in response to stimulus that would attract that animal or cause animal-like behavior. So players who pick carnivores for their character might have their character feeling an increased desire to eat red meat. Players who choose flighty or prey animals might have characters that instinctively feel the need to flee from certain kinds of danger. Character inspired by a squirrel might be hit with the urge to climb a tree. You can model these tests with earth checks or meditation void checks for them to defeat their base desires. And then you can like slowly increase the number of roles or the TNs of roles the longer that they're there. Yeah, yeah. This can add a time limit to how long they can stay in Sakaku Chikshudo Mm. because they will 
eventually potentially do things that will cause them to dishonor themselves or potentially they could be trapped in an animal form or a partial animal form where they are physically marked by that experience. Yeah. They might sprout a little tail there or something. In extreme cases, they may have eventually essentially become an animal spirit themselves and thus <laughs> now their home realm is Senryo and it isn't Nigendo anymore. They are now bound to that realm and they mm -hmm. can't really get back out again. And you can make gaining animal trait give the players temporary advantages, which might be a bit of a temptation. Yeah, if you're cruel and mean, the more they use those, the more they are likely to become trapped. But they could have an improved sight, improved sense of smell, strength or speed that could be added to them. And it could be a permanent thing that they get. And the biggest risk, of course, of all of this uh, jealousy is mm. that the players could lose themselves completely. They become fully animal and forget that they were human at all, which obviously is the same as character death. So it does yes. put a pressure timeline, can make it feel risky to your character, yeah. especially if you have some NPCs that start going that way. Just being in Senkyo can be quite a tense little adventure. Yep, yep, yep. The other thing that happens in Senkyo that's a, a big risk is that you have these courts, Chikshido and Sakaku, who are trying to prove their philosophical point to each mm. other, against each other. Therefore, both sides have reasons to be setting up tricks or traps or tests on the PCs as yeah. a rare representative of humanity in their clutches mm. that force the PCs to be basically guinea pigs on which they can test their theses. Uh, yeah. We'll talk a little bit more about that soon, but their path isn't going to be smooth, even if they have benevolent Chicksudo helpers. Mm. Those helpers might be helping them, but also want them to prove a point, prove that humans are more valorous, more valiant than the denizens of Sakaku think that they are. Yeah. Because the Denizens of Sakaku are like, oh no, we should stay as we are. I don't want to become a human. Why would I want that? Whereas mm -hmm. the Denizens of Chikushodo are more, no, this is a good step along the path to enlightenment. And that's obviously a completely different philosophy. So they're trying to prove that to each other, mm. but now they have people who can test those things. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you may not want to be the test subject, but you may also exactly. not get a choice. If you know about the test, then it spoils the results. So. Absolutely, yeah. Each of the courts of Senkyo, so Sakaku and Chikushodo, are ruled by the great Tengu. Whether they are, strictly speaking, Tengu, is one of those things, like how broad a term is Tengu. Tengu are strong and spiritually powerful beings, and so are the rulers of the courts of Senkyo. It's one of those things like, yeah, philosophically, are they? And don't mention that mm -hmm. in front of them. They might get cross. Those are the rulers of each of those. Thoughts. Now, they might be aligned with, as you said, Shiksudo or Sakaku for the rulers of each of these courts. Mm. Or you can have ones that are unique. So that's the big mm. contest. But you might have one of these rulers of a smaller court that has his own agenda that has nothing to do mm. with that particular battle. It's just still all competing philosophies. 
Okay. So we talked about tests. These rulers are going to be often the ones who want to make the tests, but they're also the ones who have the power to help you or hurt you. So some questions that the rulers might want to find out is, will humans choose honor or will they choose self-interest? How much do humans really believe in the philosophy of Shinsei? How much attachment do humans have to the things of Ningido? Do they want their human stuff more than they want enlightenment? That would imply that humans are more attached than potentially the creatures of Senkyo's. Since these rulers of Senkyo can have basically as much illusion magic as you can want. Yeah. Right? They can create entire illusionary scenarios if they want. These rulers can really dig deep into these questions for your characters. They can pull them out individually and put them to the test one by one in scenarios of their own lives because they can duplicate their entire life. They can put their children in or their attachments. L5R is great for wanting to test characters with the difficult questions, right? Yeah, yeah. This lets you play with that scenario in a way that is not the entirety of the campaign. It's good to do it for the entirety of the campaign too, but this lets you play with that. So like Senkyo and like meeting these rulers and then these rulers putting them to the test Yeah, for that. Or of course they could just be helpful and you know, you go on your way, but they are stronger than you almost always. So they're not something you just want to have your party try and take out. No, no. <laughs> it's, it's not, do they have stats? Well, we can kill it. No, that's not really what you want to be doing. <laughs> yeah. Now, if you end up in Senkyo, there's a whole host of creatures you may find. So obviously you'll find any number of animal spirits. The famous ones are the Kitsune, the fox spirits, Tanuki, which is the raccoon dogs. Kawaso, which are the otter spirits, and the Bakeneko, which are the cat spirits. But there are almost certainly all sorts of other creatures as well mm-hmm. who have their spirit forms and so on. You will find Tengu, as we mentioned, the great rulers of the various courts, but there may be other Tengu as well. There's the Omukade, which is a giant man-eating centipede, which is allergic to humans, apparently. Kumo, <laughs> and Jirogumo, which are believe are bear spirits, which are those are spider spirits. Oh, that's, that's right. Kumo Kaham spider spirits. I knew that. No, I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> if I'd known, I wouldn't have said it. But those, yeah, spider spirits. I'm sure they're all. I'm sure they're lovely and delightful company. And don't some of them me. are somewhat polite. Yeah, <laughs> you also have some of the great white deer and boars and just animals in general. So this could be a very fun diversion. That you can throw into your campaign pretty much anywhere, anytime. Mm-hmm. It's fine for a one-shot to yeah. just going in and coming out is its own challenge. Being put to the test is a challenge. It's easy to come up with many campaigns where you need to get a thing from Sankyo to heal the Daimyo's daughter. or It could be anything. I'm working on, I haven't finished yet, the game of 100 Candles, but... Night Parade of 100 Demons has a lot of stuff about Senkyo, and maybe, I'm not going to give away any plot spoilers really, but some of these ideas are perfectly resolved in Night Parade of 100 Demons. You could duplicate that story using the stuff we talked about here. Have fun. 
I'm going to try and come up with this kind of guide to some of the other celestial realms for those who want to go realm hopping, but mm-hmm. probably Sengio is one of the more pleasant places to go. Yes. If- and unfortunately, the nicer places to go are harder to get to, possibly because there's less yeah. for adventurers to do. I've gone to the realm of everything is nice. I don't have anything to do. I'll get creative. We'll figure out. We'll figure some stuff out. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, All right. But I think that's it for this week. So we want to give a call out to Sister Podcast and our patrons. There is Fortune and Strife, which is our affiliated actual play podcast. What are you guys up to at the minute? Right now, we are fleeing from Alzawira. In the burning sands and trying to get back to Rokugan because maybe we had a short excursion through Senkyo. Ah, uh, no. <laughs> and ended up deep in the desert where we weren't supposed to be and had to get back. But it made it was a good excuse to get to Alzuera and play in the burning sands for a little bit and try to get out again. Nice. Sounds like good fun. And if you're interested in role-playing game podcast, then look no further than D20 Radio, which has a plethora of podcasts of every form and function you could possibly want to do with role-playing games and other such things. And so again, go check out D20 Radio. Our content is funded by the Community Discord Patreon, which supports our editing costs, as well as our website where you can store and see longer-term information summaries of our podcast there's rpg tools and more sebastian is making some little videos and things Mm -hmm. as well for everybody we do try to have adventure seats and early access to our ap podcast and things as we think about them if you ever have questions or things you want to bring up please let us know yep online you can find us at our website courtgamespod.com on twitter we are twitter.com slash courtgamespod and we are on Patreon if you want to support us at patreon.com slash courtgames. But that's it for this week. This is Kikita Kaori. May the fortunes favor you. And I have been Korva. And until we meet again, keep your jade handy. Radio, where gamers roll.